Do you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, welcome to Astro Radio Z. Dear listeners of Astro Radio Z, it's been a really long time since I've sat here in this chair in front of this microphone and fired it up with the intention of recording you a new episode. If I'm entirely honest with you guys, the last year and now change at this point uh, since we did the episode for Blade Uh, You have been listening to backlog Patreon episodes 
of Astro Radio Z Uncensored that Mark the Movie Man and I had recorded over the years. I I didn't put out there any of the the really like negative episodes, the ones where we kind of took shits all over movies, because as I've told you, and I've said this many times in the past, I don't really like putting out there a podcast where we're constantly negative Nancy's, where we're constantly poo-pooing. There's enough cis, hetero, white guy podcasts with dudes that have shitty opinions, right? There's enough of those podcasts out there, and I didn't want Astro Radio Z to become another one of those, even though we have many, many episodes where we go in-depth into super-duper shitty-ass movies. And that will happen from time to time when you plumb the depths of cult cinema, right? That's just kind of how things happen. And, and you're not going to like everything you fucking watch. It's just not bound to happen. But if I were to sit and want to put that stuff out there and it's curated for you guys, I kind of wanted to give you stuff to go check out. Um, Ultimately, Astro Radio Z for me has always been a podcast where outside of the episodes where we're doing interviews with actors and directors and people that are involved in the craft of making film, um, when we're just doing these opinion episodes, you know, the, the episodes where we pick a movie and we just shoot the shit about it. Just to let you know, I'm not an expert on fucking jack shit. I'm definitely not an expert on movies. Astro Radio Z is mostly about opinions. Is mostly about like almost like you and I are having a beverage and you say, hey, Derek, and I've said this to my Patreon members before. And if you're one of them over at Patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z hard shill, I've said this to them in the past. So please disregard this or just listen to it again. This podcast has always been about you and I having a relationship where you're basically just saying, hey, Derek. What do you think about this movie? And sometimes I have friends to join me and we just have a conversation about, you know, I just experienced this thing or I have experienced this thing. And I'd like to just sit and gush and just kind of let you know what I think about it. Ultimately, Astro Radio Z is an opinion podcast. So, I mean, whether or not it does anything for you or whether or not it provides any sort of service to the greater good of humanity. (laughs) That's not for me to say. Um, It is a it is a way for me to cathartically get out um, a lot of things about movies, the, the, the passion in the hobby that I've had since I was a little kid. So when it came time that I had to figure out what the hell we were going to do with Astro Radio Z because to be honest after Blade died I kind of a lot of the winds got taken out of my sails for this podcast I just didn't have that passion and the drive for it the way that I used to and um, members on my Patreon uh, understand that I shifted focus over to the Patreon for the better part of the last year. There was a section of last year where Patreon was dead as well, but then it's come back this year in 2022 uh, in full force. And But it's been restructured. And the reason why you guys have been getting new episodes, new-ish, I mean, I haven't put one out since April, I think, um, was because I was going back through 
and curating the Astro Radio Z uncensored episodes, which are the bonus episodes Mark and I used to do. And I was cherry picking the ones that um, I really liked and deciding instead of relegating them to podcast oblivion, because I, I went through and this is housekeeping for the most part, I suppose. This is like you and I having a catch up session on where the fuck I've been for the better part of a year and change. Instead of those podcasts just, you know, we produced them and them just like vanishing because I decided to go through the Patreon and streamline it. Patreon is essentially only uh, worst movies ever in audiobooks at this point. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I mean, go over there and check out worst movies ever. It's it's a confessional diary style podcast where my subscribers essentially um, have curated a list of movies they feel are the worst movies ever. And to have me watch episode to episode, I pick one and I basically, you know, watch it and say, hey, and determine whether or not it deserves to be called one of the worst things ever. And most of the time it never is. Most of the time we say things are the worst thing ever. They rarely ever are. I mean, they are sometimes, right? But they're, not, they're rarely ever consistently the worst thing ever. Um, so when I decided to save some of those episodes that Mark and I did, because, I mean, they're fun episodes. And they were basically Astro Radio Z episodes anyway. Um, I decided to bring them over here. And uh, when I ran out of the ones, I really wanted to have you guys uh, here and have them live on. Then I kind of have been in limbo. Like, what the fuck is Astro Radio Z going to be going forward? Does it have to be anything going forward? You know, we've closed the doors on this podcast once before. And I told myself and I told you guys that that's just not going to happen again. There might just be times where this podcast just goes away for a while. Because as most of you, I'm sure, deal with on a day-to-day -day basis in your own lives, we all have shit going on. We all have our own personal problems and dramas and and what have you's every single day and sometimes things like this need to kind of go away for a while so you can sort your fucking shit out and in the meantime of sorting the shit out where i i told myself that you know what what we were doing on astro radio z has grown stale for me i get bored easily I wanted to figure out some new angle. I wanted to figure out a new thing uh, to do on this podcast that would make it exciting for me to produce again, that would make it a little more of an intimate experience as opposed to this huge gaggle fuck variety thing that I had been doing for the last few years, which please don't mistake me saying this as me not enjoying what we were doing. Like those episodes that we've done since, ep what was it, 127 or 126? I forget which one it was when we came back with the Andy Milligan stuff. All these episodes up until this point have been great, and I've really enjoyed them. And I'm not just doing this to folate myself. I'm just saying every single time we produced one, I really enjoyed it. But 
for me, it, it grew stale to produce them. So I wanted to try and figure out a new angle. And I was having a tough time trying to figure like I had talked to Mark about, well, Mark, why don't we just start doing what we were doing on Astro Radio Z Uncensored on the Patreon and you and I just fire it up again. And Mark, of course, as he is just an absolute trooper about everything in life, and especially when it comes to the stuff that I do, Mark's just been my right-hand man in many ways, in front of the mic and behind the mic. He was game. But I eventually ended up talking myself out of that because it just like that felt like we were going backwards or I was going backwards. And I personally always want to kind of switch things up creatively. And I always want to try new things creatively. I, I consume lots of media. I'm, I listen to podcasts constantly when I'm traveling or I'm by myself. It's just a way to kind of like unwind my brain and escape for a little while. And of course, through osmosis of, you know, experiencing other people's podcasts, ideas start to formulate and life happens. So today, what you're about to experience here on the new Astro Radio Z, which is mostly just going to be like this, is going to be me, a microphone, and a lot of fucking VHS tapes. This is the hint for where we're going with the podcast for the foreseeable future. I may have some guests on from time to time, but for the most part, what we're going to be doing going forward is I came across, thanks to a friend of mine whose uh, father was looking to get rid of a, a tremendously huge VHS screener tape collection. Uh, I've come across just a shit ton of cult horror action, erotic thriller, uh, sword and sandals screener VHS tapes from back in the 80s and 90s. It's just like me and my friend Eric, who you guys that have been longtime listeners of this podcast know through um, the few episodes he was on with me and then his segment that he would do about action films. Him and I went through this collection of a thousand plus tapes and curated, like grabbed what we could. And man, it's some fucking great shit. Like we had to go to like, <laughs> coin flipping battles about a lot of tapes that we both wanted and uh it came out pretty fair and he i mean i gave him some tapes i thought he should watch he's way more knowledgeable about super shitty action movies and stuff and he gave me a bunch of tapes like you need to watch this you need this and uh we separated them out i brought them home now i have this huge collection of vhs tapes downstairs and a crt tv and a vcr just calling my name. So I all of a sudden clicked an idea like a like a fucking light switch hit. And I was just like, you know what? Let's do double feature episodes where I go two movies at a time, pick out two tapes out of this collection. Well, I will watch them and then we'll sit and talk about these two tapes in the vein and in the style of my Worst Movies Ever podcast. Now, those of you that aren't familiar with the format of that podcast, I'll let you know that right now. I'm going to talk about the, the plot synopsis with you, but then we're going to break the movies down into what was good about the movies, 
what's bad about the movies. And we're going to talk about those special little what the fucks that happen in every single cult exploitation, horror film, weirdo oddball experiment, whatever kind of underground film that you're into. There's always those special little what the fucks in almost every single movie that make you kind of wake up. And we're going to talk about them here. And then we're just going to give general thoughts about it. So that's kind of how this is going to go. Starting today, we have two movies. I'm going to read the backs of the boxes as we go along with them. um, Because I feel these descriptions on these, you know, underground indie movies on VHS are just always so fucking great. I just love these things to fucking death. The two movies we're going to talk about today are Fist Fighter and Twisted Nightmare. Two movies I had never seen before, but my friend Eric said, you know what, Derek? I think you need to watch these. And upon watching them, I think I need to talk to you guys about these things. So why don't we take a quick short break, hear a little bit of something from Fist Fighter, and when we come back, let's trade some fists, folks. Stick around. You are listening to Astro Radio Z. He is powerful, determined, and lightning fast. He is C.J. Thunderbird. C.J. Thunderbird, C.J. Thunderbird. Yeah, is he any good? A quiet man who goes his own way. I don't remember seeing you around here. His one desire... I can set up a bare fist fight. ...was to be the best. With your talent, my contacts, we're gonna be big news down here. Hot news. But for some... You know, with you and my stable, we could do very well. Not interesting. The best was too much. They say a man shouldn't bet more than he can afford to lose. I never do. I'm not a man you want for an enemy. They tried to steal his money. It smells like that. Set up. Abuse his woman. Can't do anything here. Vance controls everything. God. Destroy his friend. And see how big a man you really are. And rob his freedom. I can make your life very unpleasant here. I don't plan to be here very long. When they found they couldn't break him. They unleashed the one man who could. Party time, little brother. Now, for C.J. Thunderbird. There is only one fight. Just work him, get in there, and get away from it. And there can only be... I don't know who they're messing with. One Fist fighter. Somebody's not going to walk away from this one. So when it comes to the selection of the movies that I'm going to be doing here on these VHS double feature episodes, I go by the old school rule that I used to do when I would walk into a video store. One, what title is going to hit me? Or two... What ridiculous cover can I find that will entice me into an an 
asininely stupid concept. This was something that I did almost constantly growing up when it came to picking out movies to the betterment and to the detriment (laughs) of everyone that surrounded me. And today, the two movies that I selected were entirely based on the covers. When I sat in like went through all of these VHS that I got from my friend and brought them home. I knew the first movie that I was going to put in was this movie fist fighter that was made in 1988. Um, As you all know, because a while back we did a whole retrospective on the American Ninja movies. I am a huge, huge fucking fan of fight movies like pit fighter movies, of blood sport movies, of kung fu flicks, and fist fighter, it's billed as one of those movies. But uh, there was no way that uh, a movie so plainly and stupidly titled as fist fighter was going to (laughs) not be the first thing that I watched. I mean, this thing made in 1988 um, is like... Almost like the quintessential clone of, you know, your blood sports or your kickboxers or um, any of those fucking like blood fist, stupid shit like that. Um, except that the, the main gimmick here is that it takes place in South America. The, the movie stars George Rivero, who plays this character named CJ Thunderbird. If you in the trailer that you heard preceding this, you probably heard that and and went CJ Thunderbird. Is that really his name in this movie? Yes, that's really his name in this movie. Now, uh, George Rivero, his probably for you guys in uh, shitty movie land and exploitation land will probably best know him from Lucio Fulci's Conquest. He's our hero in this movie, the titular fist fighter who must go up against Matthias Hughes, who's probably most famous as being the alien, the bad alien. And I come in peace. You know, that Dolph Lundgren gimmick. You all know that. And if you don't know that, go watch that movie now. Maybe down the road, we'll do an episode on Fucking uh, I come in peace. But Matthias Hughes, you cannot when you see him, he has one of those faces and one of those physiques where it's in. You don't see anyone else like him in any other movie. It's like, did they craft this guy in a lab? (laughs) Because he's just he's chiseled and is so unique looking. And every time you see him in a movie, you know, he's going to be the fucking big bad in it. He just has that look about him. The unfortunate thing is, is that he's criminally underused in this movie. But I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself at this point. You know, the movie called Fist Fighter, in which you expected this to basically be your run-of-the-mill fucking blood sport clone. It is probably like for 25% of the movie, which is really fucking unfortunate. But having said that, let's get to the plot of this thing. You kind of heard it in the trailer. Um, The movie is about this guy that needs to get revenge for his brother and decides to go to Bolivia where he finds 
Matthias Hughes, who plays this character called Rhino Reinhardt. Let's get this right. The two lead characters in this movie are named CJ Thunderbird and Rhino Reinhardt. <laughs> Somebody actually wrote that. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. Like, the rest of the fucking cast, you don't really give two fucking shits about what their names are. But those two names, CJ Thunderbird and Rhino Reinhardt, it's like, man, they were really proud of themselves (laughs) that they wrote this. Anyways, so CJ Thunderbird has to find Rhino Reinhardt to get revenge for his brother and ends up in this Bolivian town run by a mob boss. And CJ Thunderbird befriends a punchy con man played by Edward Albert. And they decide through thick and thin to try and not only get revenge on Rhino Reinhardt, but get revenge on this uh, fight promoter who's basically swindling the entire town. From there, it's a bunch of hijinks and a lot of not fighting. Like, oh, my God, unfortunately, not a lot of fighting. This movie in general, if I'm going to this is the way that we do it on Worst Movies Ever. I kind of give a general thought thing and then we break it down a little bit. But I was so jacked to watch this movie. But unfortunately, it just doesn't really deliver on what you essentially just came here for, which is fist fighting, right? I mean, that's what you see. I mean, you see a lot of fist fighting when it happens, really shittily made fist fighting. But um, for the most part, this thing is just, oh my God, it just spins its wheels constantly. So fight fans out there, I think are going to be a little disappointed. Now, there are moments in this that are kind of cool. Uh, Wrestler Billy Graham shows up in an arm wrestling scene right off the bat and in some bar where CJ Thunderbird walks in. and, And basically, he's like half the size of Billy Graham. I mean, Billy Graham's fucking massive. I mean, if you know anything about him, he's fucking massive. And this dude, uh, he walks in and mind you, George Rivero is cut. He's no fucking slouch when it comes to body fat. He didn't skimp on chest and ab day. His arms are pretty decent. They're not fucking Billy Graham decent, though. Let's be real fucking clear about that. Anyways, that's like there's that part, which was nice to see Billy Graham in this movie. But the movie really spins its wheels and kind of like the writing in it is lackluster and goes off on tangents that don't fucking matter. And there's literally one female character in the entire movie. And she's basically relegated to just be beaten and have sex with CJ Thunderbird. That's fucking it. So, I mean, it's what you would expect out of the late 80s, early 90s pit fighter movie which there was a plethora of thanks to like roger corman and jean-claude van damme was in a ton of these fucking gig- gimmicks along with other dudes of the same ilk but this which is like a z-grade <laughs> blood fist just like unfortunately doesn't hit that mark the way that you really want it to like when you see that fucking title you're like god damn i need fist fighter in my life right now 
Slow your roll there, boy. Let's let's slow it down there a little bit. Now, let's get before we just totally condemn this thing. There are good aspects to this movie. Let's get to the good, the bad and the what the fucks. We start always start off with the goods. As I said before, the lead, his name is CJ Thunderbird. (laughs) He's tiny, but can wrestle arm wrestle dudes twice his size. He gives all the winnings from his arm wrestling to the losers because, you know, he's got to be everyone's got to love him. You got to sympathize with him because not only is he a badass that kicks everyone's ass, he's also a good guy, you know, ultimately a really good guy. Cute little dogs love him. He's trying to avenge his his bud or his brother, so he has to fight a dude named Rhino Reinhardt, as I said, in an underground fight fight ring in Bolivia. (laughs) Essentially, George Rivero looks like a really cut version of Eric Estrada with more hair, with more gray hair, I should say. One of the best aspects of fucking CJ Thunderbird is that they don't just give him this name. They go full fucking gimmick. They go goddamn full goddamn ass gimmick on this. And he has a wristband and a belt buckle that have birds on it. And every time he gets ready for a fight, he has to take his belt and his wristband with the birds on it off. (laughs) And this action is complete with a pan flute that plays over top of it just so you have that you know really stereotypical kind of you know this is like native american style stuff right this is essentially like red face (laughs) that this these scenes are like red face So, so it's fucking it's hilarious the only woman in the movie of course fucks him and he has a buddy named punchy uh because punchy was a boxer at one time so cj thunderbird as a concept and a character plays out exactly how you would want him to play out. It's ridiculous and it's stupid. Um, So I kind of liked that. I I, I always like action movies that are stupid and silly, like action movies that really take themselves super seriously for the most part fail for me. There has to be an element of ridiculousness to it for me to really enjoy it. Otherwise it's just like, you know, male wish fulfillment it just like machismo which really to me is kind of a turnoff it's 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 stupid that's for the dudes that have blue line punisher logos on their on the back of their fucking trucks and truck nuts you know what i mean the movie starts off with everyone hanging out at a bar that has sweaty arm wrestling and mechanical bulls i love that when you start off a movie like that, I'm in. I'm The movie, for the most part, is shot well. The music is ridiculously stupid stock shit, which fits really well. And it's kind of like this weird, like I had said before about the pan flute shit. It's got this. What was up with movies that took place in the South? And I don't mean like the Southwest that had to have like that twangy acoustic guitar, like steel guitar playing all the time, like in every one of them, just to let you know that this takes place in like New Mexico or California or in Mexico somewhere. Always had to have that shit. I shorthand stereotypes, tons of them in fist fighter, tons of them in fist fighter. Is that good? I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's fun. (laughs) 
the first time CJ Thunderbird, I, I'm going to have a tough time like spitting that name out because it's just so stupidly ridiculous. CJ Thunderbird. That's a real fucking name in this movie. The first time he gets to, uh, he finds the fight ring where the fist fighting is happening and where Matthias Hughes as Rhino Reinhardt is so he can get his revenge. Um, he has to prove himself first. By finding a dude that puts a cigar out on his forehead. Fucking loved it. It's just stupid and ridiculous. Uh, there's a lot of bloody fights in this movie. and uh, But there's, there's a double-edged sword to that, and we'll get to that when we get to the bad section of our discussion here. Once him and Punchy, the slimeball grifter, bond over fighting, they have an amazing handshake that rivals the Predator handshake. It comes out of fucking nowhere. We get a close-up of two oiled, you know, super muscular dudes doing a slap handshake and then flexing. Goddamn, why isn't that in every fucking movie? Why? If you're doing an action movie and two dudes love each other and they're ready to fucking get down, and I don't necessarily mean fuck, I mean they're ready to beat someone's fucking ass up. That didn't come across well either. You know what I fucking mean. They're going to fight someone. There better be a goddamn tight, you know, well-oiled, muscular handshake. Fuck yeah, that, that better be a part of your goddamn movie. Yeah, this is getting more homoerotic as I, as I discuss. I, I'm fully aware of this. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on. <laughs> when they befriend each other, you end up finding out Punchy, his buddy, who's the, the grifter, was a fighter, at one, a boxer at one point who got mixed up with the mob and they fucked him up and he no longer can fight. So now he's trying to help CJ Thunderbird, you know, get his revenge and possibly make a few schmeckles along the way. But you are given the classic Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, you know, via kickboxer, a blood sport training montage. And one of the things that they do is crush apples with their bare hands. Fucking great. I love that shit. Now, moving to the bad section of this movie. What's bad about this thing? Well, you know, there's times, even though we love seeing Matthias Hughes in these movies, clearly not a fighter. If he was a fighter at some point, boy, Nobody really showed him or this was well, it's clear that choreography was not a concern in this movie. Fight choreography was like the last thing they thought about, really thought about, because I don't think anyone in this movie was a fighter whatsoever, whatsoever. It, it just like makes it look like Matthias Hughes is just a bodybuilder and that's it, which I mean, for these kind of movies, you can edit around it. But man, it just came across all the fights came across really bad in this movie. Maybe, you know, for some of you, this might not be a bad, but I talk about this a lot on my podcast, Worst Movies Ever. And, oh, my God, the Regretful Ass Monster podcast, my Bills Above retrospective podcast on my Patreon, um, that I am a person in real life uh, that does not put up with people using gay in the pejorative you know, when somebody goes, oh, that's gay. I don't I don't I'm not down with that fucking shit. I don't like it. I think that's really even though you, you may be just flippantly using it, you're you're basically essentially saying that gay their entire identity. 
not just sexual identity, but how they see themselves in life. You're using that to say it's wrong or it's stupid. So their entire existence, their entire identity is is wrong and stupid. So I, I'm not fucking down with that. And CJ Thunderbird gets called a faggot at some point. So if you don't like that kind of shit, I mean, this is the 80s. Obviously, it was a different time and people, you know, said this stupid, ignorant bullshit that happens in this movie. There's also rampant misogyny with our our single female character in this thing where she gets beat, has a shitty sex scene almost right after getting beat, complete with phony ass, like careless whisper style saxophone music. And she's really nothing more than a punching bag slash fuck toy for the dudes. So there's that. There's homophobia and misogyny. Take that as you will. Uh, The fights in this movie, in a movie called Fist Fighter, are horrible. Just barely choreographed, so highly edited that it's clear punch to punch these guys just were not really told they made this up as they went it it looks terrible all of the fights are such a letdown every single last one of them and of course cj thunderbird no legs it's called fist fighter so he's just punching barely you know comes from the rocky balboa school of of blocking there is none There's no fucking blocking. He just gets punched in the face constantly and he punches other dudes in the face constantly. That's what you're getting here in Fist Fighter. And if that's fine by you, well, then there you go. But man, the fight scenes are so fucking bad. And CJ is not a good movie fighter. He's, you know, it's just so odd. And the musical choices for the fights are so fucking weird. This is a lazy man's kickboxer and there's a training montage that's so underexposed you know the one i had talked about before where they crush apples in their hands the rest of the fucking montage is underexposed and lazy barely edited it's just so fucking terrible and then there's at one point there's an asshole cop that shoots a dog so you got rampant misogyny homophobia and uh, animal killing in this movie And for a pit fighting movie, this is really oddly plotted. And as I said before, it oddly has very little fighting in it. And the movie kind of falls asleep about like half, like two thirds of the way through it. When CJ gets put in jail at a police raid at Punchy's place. When uh, the promoter doesn't like the fact that he beat the shit out of Matthias Hughes. The movie just literally falls asleep for like a half hour. Until the very end. So, I mean, for the most part, we what we got here is a, a fighting movie where very little fighting happens, a lot of side plot, and an undercurrent of some kind of hateful shit. So, I mean, eh, very small beans on some of it, but it, it really kind of like brings down the silliness because there is a lot of silliness to be had with this movie but some of it when you start looking at it uh, but wasn't that kind of the case with most you know independent 80s underground action movies all kind of really ugly really so it's kind of par for the course now the what the fucks in this movie now punchy uh edward albert in this movie 
Suddenly, when he becomes CJ Thunderbird's fight manager, goes from this Latin accent to a straightforward American accent almost immediately, and it never comes back. And it is such a striking change that there's no way you can't go, what the fuck is going on right now? Did they overdub him with somebody else? It makes no fucking sense at all, at all. Rhino Reinhardt in one scene, Matthias Hughes breaks his hand during a fight. And the next day, CJ Thunderbird shows up at the, the mob boss's place where Matthias obviously hangs out. Rhino Reinhardt obviously lives there with him as like a hired goon. And <laughs> Matthias Hughes's hand is lightly wrapped and he's just moving those the fingers on the broken hand like nothing's going on. It's what the fuck? <laughs> the biggest what the fuck in this movie. And this is the last one I have for it is when CJ Thunderbird gets put in jail for messing with this mob boss, because obviously the cops are, you know, in the, the mob boss's back pocket at all times. He gets put into an underground fight ring within the jail because, you know, all these movies, jails always have underground blood sport fight rings, right? (laughs) Every single last fucking one of them do. And in this one, a man has to fight this dude that's essentially a Sasquatch. Let me say that again. There is a Sasquatch man who roars and is so full of hair that it doesn't look like a human and people have to fight him. That is not the what the fuck, though. (laughs) There is a shot. And CJ, obviously, you knew he was going to have to fight him at some point. CJ beats the Sasquatch man. Cue boarding house spoiler music. This is a warning. Thank you. By crunching his dick and balls with his hand as he punches the guy in the face. That's right. The old twig and berry grab maneuver. (laughs) It's fucking hilarious. And and it is like worth the price of admission. So uh, that's all I got for Fist Fighter. It was stupid enough to be entertaining. Not that good. I wouldn't go out of my way to really go see this. If you really are interested in this kind of thing, I mean, you'll get you'll find some enjoyment out of it. I didn't hate the entire thing. I mean, it's on YouTube You in its entirety. If you want to check it out, go check it out. Put it on, you know, 1.75 speed or 1.5 speed or double speed or whatever the fuck you want, because really CJ Thunderbird barely talks in it. And when he does, you're thankful he doesn't talk in most of the movie and the fights. I mean, oh, my God, it's hard to recommend a fight movie that has shitty fight scenes. And that's kind of what this movie is. So that's Fist Fighter, folks, a mild to nearly no recommend on this thing. I, I didn't hate my time with it, but it's not particularly that good. So let's take a short break. And when we come back. We're going to watch the two-bit Jason wannabe clone, Twisted Nightmare. Stick around. Astro Radio Z. (laughs) 
too much to bear. This floor is so cold, my ass is numb. Your ass is numb because that's where all the beer is settling. Hey, fuck you, Miss Perfect. You know my back is bad. Oh, baby. There's a cot over there. Why don't you just go sleep on that? I'll sleep on the floor, okay? Hey, don't ever call me a pussy. What the hell's going on out here? Nothing, asshole. Welcome back, everybody. Now, the next movie we're going to talk about, Twisted Nightmare, is definitely one of those movies that fit squarely into the wheelhouse of VHS tapes that I would have gravitated towards back in the day. The cover itself is, I mean, you see this a lot inside the movie, but it is a mysterious killer. In total silhouette, with a a light shining right behind it in the fog. And the tagline is, if only it were a bad dream. This movie, Twisted Nightmare, that was made in 1987, is one of those movies that came in the wake, obviously, of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and all the rest of that nonsense, only made on a pretty strict budget. Now, it's obviously not a no-budget movie. It was shot on film. But there is definitely (laughs) a lot about it that screams that, you know what, we don't really have much of a budget. Uh, We want to sit and try and make some money on a cheap production. We have a template that's been laid out there by all the rest of these slasher movies. And uh, maybe we don't really know (laughs) how to make them. When looking at the director Paul Hunt's uh, IMDb page, it becomes very clear that Twisted Nightmare is a kind of an anomaly in his filmography. Most of his credits come as a producer of films, and many of them are producing his own films uh, that he directed himself. But he seemed like more of a journeyman director than he was a genre director in any uh, capacity. So that would explain a lot. When it comes to Twisted Nightmare, which honestly, I was very excited to watch. I had heard some good things about it. The beginning of the film, the first like 10 minutes of it, uh, really got me hyped because it's really stylish and interesting. But then the movie itself is a big fat turd and dud. What is... (laughs) (laughs) Twisted Nightmare, now that I've already kind of told you how I feel about this thing, instead of like giving you the plot synopsis that uh, I had written up or that is on IMDB.com, I'm going to read the back of the VHS box (laughs) because the write up is pretty small and it's (laughs) kind of interesting what they how they decide to, you know, describe this film. Uh, This movie was put out by Transworld Entertainment on VHS For $79.95, that's what they're claiming on the back of this box here that I have. Now, the plot synopsis is, Seven lucky couples mysteriously receive invitations for a vacation at Camp Paradise. But when they arrive, they realize that luck had nothing to do with it. Someone has organized this macabre reunion of those who were partially responsible for the death of a young retarded boy named Matthew two years ago. Suddenly, 
Their lazy, fun-filled holiday turns into a nightmare of bloody terror as a strange demonic force goes on a bloody rampage. Matthew is back, and he's a lot smarter now. Holy shit, is that an... (laughs) Sorry for the R-drop, but what the fuck? (laughs) Imagine your whole pitch is that (laughs) your killer is mentally deficient in upon resurrection. Spoilers. This is a warning. Thank you. That he becomes smarter. That is some fucking weird fucked up shit. <laughs> Twisted Nightmare, as I had said before, is, is essentially a wannabe Friday the 13th clone through and through. Even having said that, you know, this is like a demonic spirit possession angle with it. It is your your basic a bunch of people go to a cabin and one by one they get killed by a mysterious, you know, killer. That's it. The beginning of the movie makes you feel like it's going to be far more than that. But honestly, that's all you got. And uh, if you like those kind of movies, there is as we get into this, you'll hear there are some things about it that are enjoyable. But for the most part. Guys, this is just this is just a big dud. This movie's kind of just a big dud. Let's get down to the good, the bad, and the what the fucks. The movie, as I had said, has the perfect beginning. There's VO organ, and it has that ominous Tales from the Dark Side vibe. You know what I mean? That intro of Tales from the Dark Side with the tinkly organ and that guy that talks like this narrating over top of it. I love that kind of shit. Man, do I love that kind of shit. And it rolls into a weird sequence where there's fire and you see a bunch of uh, people, you almost witch style, strung up on a pole with fire in front of them as uh, a Native American sits and, you know, condemns the people for killing them and all of this, which sets up a really nice credit sequence. But it's all downhill after that. Let me tell you. The my good section for this movie might be kind of small. Might be kind of small. Unlike the next gent I'm going to talk about here. Uh, there's one couple because the entire movie centers around a bunch of couples, as you had heard, that are brought to this cabin who haven't been there in a really, really long time. They were all friends when they went to quote unquote high school and high school was only supposed to be a year ago. Yet all of them look like they're in their mid to late 30s. No shit. It's not even like they don't even remotely try to hide the fact that these people are not like teenagers or 20 somethings. They're not even close, not even close. But one couple has this tiny blonde woman with this bolo young sized dude. I mean, he is so fucking huge, like comically huge in this movie. There's all the rest of the people just look like you're ho-hum. You know, we picked you out of a model catalog kind of acting and casting choices. And then there's this dude who literally looks like Bolo Young who has shown up. (laughs) It's fucking insane. You're just watching this guy stroll in with packs bigger than most of the people's heads. 
and arms. And he just, he has this amazing mullet. He is so larger than life. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Is he a friend of the production? I, I don't understand. He sticks out like a sore thumb, but man alive, he is my favorite character in this entire fucking movie. He is he has this really metered way of speaking and his only thing that he's looking forward to on this weekend where all the rest of these white bread couples are just looking to fuck the entire weekend. He wants to go hunting with his crossbow. The beginning of the movie shows this guy packing for this trip with his girlfriend and she's packing clothes and he's packing like weapons Weapons that never get fucking used. <laughs> and he packs a crossbow and begs the, the this one guy to go hunting with him. And they wander around the woods, never seeing one creature the entire fucking time. And he walks around with a fucking crossbow and gives the gun <laughs> to the other guy. It's fucking, fucking hilarious. And he also has the best death in the movie. Now, I am sorry if I spoiled that for you. If, obviously, if you've come here at this point, I try to keep I want to try and keep these spoiler free. But this is a Friday 13th style movie. You kind of expect everyone to die, right? Should be no like surprise. I won't tell you how he dies, but let me tell you, it's the best death in the entire movie in a movie full of really shitty deaths. But we'll get to that in a little bit here. There is one scene where there's this hitchhiker on the side of the road and one of our couples, oh my God, drives up and stops to talk to them. Now this couple is this, (laughs) has this really nice blonde lady and this it Dale Earnhardt looking drunk douchebag <laughs> as her boyfriend. And they stop and the, they ask the guy, hey, do you want a ride? And the guy's like, yeah, of course. The guy goes, well, I hope you find a ride, asshole. And then they speed off. <laughs> I fucking laughed so goddamn hard at that. The, the guy I'm talking about, it, it, at the beginning of this section here, you heard the dude yell at his lady friend to don't call him ever call him a pussy it's that guy it's that guy <laughs> and for a, like a movie that is full of just milk toast block characters even though this guy's a total fucking creeping asshole it is it, it actually brought a little comedy to the movie because at least he had some character The rest of these people have zero character whatsoever. I mean, how often in any movie or in life have you seen a grown ass man in whitey tighties yell at his girlfriend? Don't you ever call me a pussy? I bet you the the instances of that in your guys' life are zero. I almost guarantee you the instances of that are zero in your fucking life. (laughs) The movie is full of beautiful naked women. So if that's what you come here for, Mark, the movie, man, I'm pointing and looking at you. You got it. There's not a ton of scenes of it, but I mean, per your average Friday 13th movie, it's on par. It's on par. The acting across the board is really awful, but because of this, it, it kind of like elevates it to camp. You know, 
where people are trying, but they're not trying too hard. And it, a lot of the stuff comes across as kind of silly. And I like that. There's uh, the style of this movie. <laughs> if you can say there's any style only comes during the nighttime shots where every time they open the door to go outside, there's a brick wall of fog and a blue light shining behind everything to make it silhouette. At times it looks cool. So I'll give it that. The killer, and this is my last good. If you're going to do one of these types of movies, you got to make your killer stand out, right? The way that most people did back in the day was find a mask. That was the character of all of these yahoos in these slasher movies. No mask here. Instead, kind of like Fist Fighter, we have like a Sasquatch guy that growls and has, you know, fangs. <laughs> that is the killer. It's like a man beast is essentially what the killer of this movie is. And at times it was pretty cool. I mean, if you were to sit and listen to that, do I need to tell you the description on the back of the box again? It, th this description on the back of the box completely ruins and spoils the movie. In the movie itself, you don't find out the information whatsoever about this backstory until nearly three quarters of the way through. And by that time, once it's described, you, you realize what's going on. But this box completely gives that, you know, that secret away. So there's no mystery to the movie if you've read the back of the box. But, you know, most of us back in the day would have never done that anyway. We see the cover and we just pick it up. So anyways, here we go to the bad, which most of this movie is really fucking bad. The audio mix is perhaps, you know, there's two things that are the ultimate downfall of this film. One, this movie has an awful Awful, awful audio mix. The music is really overbearing, and it's hard to make out a lot of the dialogue here. It's just, there are times where you hear it perfectly, and it sounds great, and there are other times the music is so loud that you might as well just be watching a silent movie. It's that fucking bad. And two, as I had said before, this movie wants to be a Friday the 13th-style slasher, but every single death in this movie is so horribly staged it was almost like they had no clue how to put one of these movies together or to film and edit action i really don't fault the editor for the problems with continuity and action in this movie that was what he was given to work with and it is awful i mean how can i describe there are shots where it's somebody standing and obviously something's about to happen. And then the next shot, this thing is already mid motion happening or has happened. It's that kind of really bad stuff where there's no continuity between any of the things like someone gets their arm ripped off. And then the next shot, the arm is on them like they just missed recording and filming the follow through actions, the transitional elements to make a fluid action work on film. It's terrible. And it kind of becomes laughable after a while. But really, when you come to a Friday the 13th slasher style film, the main draw is always the kills and only one kill. And that's our Bolo Young sized dude 
even works remotely. The rest of them are just really terribly put together, kind of bloodless, and, and this will go into and roll into another bad here, kind of hard to see because this movie, when it's at night, is so underexposed, they didn't light it well enough that, at least on this VHS tape, and mind you people, this was re-released, I think, on DVD and Blu-ray at some point, um, I'm just talking about the VHS tapes because that's what I've watched here. The VHS tape of Twisted Nightmare, the nighttime scenes are so dark, it is really hard to tell what the fuck's going on. It's really hard. So, I mean, some of the kills are not only hampered by the fact that they directed and shot these things terribly and then gave an editor next to nothing to work with. It's really tough to see what the fuck's going on. There's a death where there's a lady who gets sledgehammered in the face where she's in a spa, beautifully naked woman. Oh, she's just gorgeous. She's in a spa. The killer shows up with a a sledgehammer and sledges her in the face, but the shot of him swinging the sledgehammer takes place outside in a totally different space. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about, and it's obvious really fucking obvious having said sledgehammer another element of this movie which a lot of you may not like is that there is a lot of unnecessary slow motion in this movie a la that shot on video classic sledgehammer at except the mood that sledgehammer creates through you know slow motion isn't here the slow motion in this movie feels like a mistake Feels like it was an afterthought. Feels like it was something that was, as they were editing it, going, oh, well, maybe we should do this. And none of it works. None of it works. The deaths in this movie, also on top of the fact that they're just horribly staged, there are multiples that are ripped directly from other movies. There's the double impalement of a couple that's getting it on. That is ripped straight from Twitch of the Death Nerve, Bay of Blood, Friday 13th Part 2. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, Friday 13th stole it from Bay of Blood. But this movie does it, except it's not uh, like a stake. It's a fence post. And then there is an antler impalement ripped straight from Silent Night, Deadly Night. So not only were they shot horribly, they were totally all ripped off. <laughs> so it's like the, the director, Paul Hunt, watched a bunch of horror movies and said, oh, that's a cool kill. That's a cool kill. That's a cool kill. Journeyman director that just needed to get the job done. It's obvious, obvious. And overall, the, the biggest bad of this movie, it's just dull. The movie's just fucking dull because nothing really happens in it. Just really dull. The what the fucks that we have, and there's a couple of them. <laughs> there's a couple that gets frisky in a barn. The barn looks like it's straight out of Friday the 13th Part 3. It looks almost identical. I had to do a double take because I almost thought it was the exact same barn. And at night, they uh, they go into this barn because the, the girlfriend of the couple hears kitties and wants to go in and see these kitties. And... This movie has, just to rip off more shit from Friday the 13th, a Native American Ralph, Crazy Ralph character 
in this movie that just kind of sulks around and tells everybody, you got to get out of here before it's too late. And uh, he finds them, you know, nearly getting on. The guy is about to slip his hand up this girl's dress. And the crazy Ralph character shows up and gets them out of there. And outside of the barn, our, our lead says this. That old man is weird. Don't worry about him. He's just an asshole, okay? I'd die for that kitten. Sylvia, look, we'll get it in the morning on the way out, okay? I'd die for that kitten? What? <laughs> so fucking weird. There's a scene where most of the people go, you know, hiking or hunting with crossbows and, and, and do their own thing. And she's left behind and decides, you know, I'm going to wander around the property and see what's going on and finds the bodies of the frisky couple, because obviously the frisky couple, you know, get offed at some point. She finds them and she calls a gas station where there's a white dude working on a car and he hits the wrong thing and oil splashes all over his fucking face. He pulls out from underneath the car and looks over at his black partner with oil blackface and his partner just shakes his head i guess that was supposed to be a joke but it really comes off like what the fuck is this why is this here so dumb there is a flashback scene where everyone is supposed to be 18 this is the scene that sets up the whole matthew and the revenge angle and all you know their incompetence and why he died and why the revenge needs to happen and these people are like playing football and watching him play watching these people play football and it is so obvious they are not 18 they didn't just graduate high school they don't even look remotely you might as well just ask your grandparents to hang out this happened back in high school and they're they have walkers it, it, it's it's akin to that it's fucking so obvious. There's another scene, another what the fuck is a lady goes into an ice shack to get some ice. This place has like a room where there's huge chunks of ice because for, for, for reasons, who the fuck knows? And she goes to chip away some ice for them and she chips this clean ass ice and puts it in dirty, a dirty ass fucking pail. Like, no, thanks. I think I'm good. I don't need any of that ice in my drink. Fuck that shit. And the last fucking what the fuck for this movie is that there is this cop, this elderly cop. Why it's even in this movie, I have no idea. Maybe it was a friend of the production. I, I'd like to know. Let me check on this on IMDb. What is up with the fucking cop character? Uh, the cop character played by Noble Chisel, mostly known for movies that were made by Paul Hunt's <laughs> was if you look at his imdb obviously a tell a seasoned television actor for many many years so maybe that was the draw to get this famous television actor to be in this movie but man he looks like he's in his late 80s and there's an entire sequence where he walks from the right hand part of the screen 
all the way to the left-hand part of the screen, and we're talking, this has to be at least 100 yards that they sit and hang on. And this shot goes on for fucking like a minute and a half, nearly two minutes of an old guy slowly walking through the woods. What the fuck? Why? Padding. There's a lot of padding in this movie. And that's what we got here. Twisted Nightmare. Real bummer. Real fucking bummer. I was super excited about this one. I I love these, you know, direct-to-video horror flicks. And the the cover and the case looks great. There's a guy with a full burn. That's something I didn't put in the in the goods is that there is a, a scene where the the Matthew character, when he dies in that flashback, they do a full burn on this motherfucker. And it's insane. Like he looks, he goes into this barn, which we find out is set on top of an Indian burial ground. Of course it is. Sees a red light in the barn and then spontaneously fucking combusts. And there's a full burn walk that lasts forever. It's, Probably the most impressive thing in this entire movie. But um, that's on the back of this. There's a guy with a sledgehammer and a a bloody lady looking very scared on the back. So that's Twisted Nightmare. Today on on our podcast, kind of two duds. Kind of two duds. But you know what? That happens from time to time when you just go through old VHS and pick out movies. So we're going to take a short break, and then when we get back, let's talk about what we got in store for the next episode of Astro Radio Z. This is Astro Radio Z, and we love talking about movies with you. If you are looking for more episodes and want to become part of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z and become a monthly subscriber to have access to not only over 100 plus bonus episodes of content, jump in. Make Astro Radio Z yours and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. This is what Astro Radio Z is going to be for a while. I'm going to go down into my basement, go to my shelving unit full of hundreds of VHS tapes at this point, and I'm just going to pick two of them out and we're going to sit and talk about them. I am really excited about this. Excited in a way that I haven't been excited about <laughs> podcasting in a while. It's weird. I mean, I'm a fucking Patreon. I'm mostly watching shit movies. I know tonight in this episode, we didn't see two great movies, but you know what? It was really fucking fun to sit and pick two VHS movies, sit down and watch them and not know what the fuck I was in for. That, folks, and any one of you that used to do this back in the day at the VHS, you know, rental shops, you know how great that is. So for the next time, I already picked out the next two for the next episode. We are going to be watching... Cassandra and Night Visitor. I never heard of Night Visitor. It's an MGM movie that was made in 1990. There's no description on the box because this is a screening cassette. But it it, it says Night Visitor and it has some sort of like demonic. It almost looks like Twisted Nightmare 
to be honest. Uh, a demonic mask in front of a foggy blue scene. Directed by Rupert Hitzig. Not familiar at all in... Oh, Elliot Gould is in this fucking movie. What the fuck? And, and Michael Pollard. Shannon Tweed is in this gimmick. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I didn't even realize. I just picked it out because it looked interesting. Okay, awesome. And Cassandra, I had seen this tape around for years. It's got a great painted cover with a an eyeball that's wide open, you know, shocked and scared in front of fire. And it says, Cassandra, a new look at terror. Nobody that I know is listed in these credits. So that one, I think, is probably going to be the first one I watch. But anyways, folks, that's it for this episode of Astro Radio Z. That's what we got coming up next time. And I promise you, this it won't be months down the road that we do this. Maybe you'll be getting more consistent, you know, episodes of Astro Radio Z. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm crossing my fingers. But that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient with me as we go through life and uh this podcast so i hope you all take care of yourselves and i'll talk to you soon (laughs) oh that's good shit man